to another episode of Three Nerds on a Sunday. Um, the, well, the lone wolf rides again, all by his lonesome himself. This is Sunny here for you guys, and I'm bringing you another solo episode. Today, what I'm going to do is kind of go over what we did today, uh, and majority of the show is going to be breaking down some trailers that came out either this week or within the past couple weeks here. Uh, just kind of do a little uh, roundup, talk about them, uh, my excitement level, and just kind of go into a little bit more. And then I'll talk about my main topic, which will be uh, a review. Try to keep it spoiler-free as possible for The Menu, uh, which has been out, I think, for a couple weeks now, uh, with uh, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fiennes. I always I always want to call him Ray Stevens. I, I feel like that's... It's completely different. Let's see here. To the Google. Uh, Ralph Fiennes. Uh, yeah. Ralph Fiennes, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Nicholas Holt. I'll be going over that as my main nerd out here. So, uh, today. Uh, what do we do today, nerdy? So, hung out with... Uh, well, I was able to hang out with a couple of the fellow nerds here. Uh, the the Maz crew, which is made up of... Uh, two other guys that uh, Frank and Manny met at, at a toy um, at a uh, toy show, and then Frank himself was able to get out for a couple of hours uh, in, in the morning with us. So we um, there's this toy show here in Illinois. Um, it's called ToyCon. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what township it's in, but uh, they do about once a month. It uh, and it's held in a little community center and. You get you get a lot of the regular guys you see you know in, in in the local circuit, but it's always cool. It's kind of like you know see seeing an old friend you haven't seen in a while, and it, it's cool. And you can find some pretty good stuff there. Got some um, there's some guys that I will <coughs> I will I won't lie, they really overprice and just just gouge the, the hell out of you. There's one guy, he basically sells, and I think he specializes in wrestling figures. Man. Uh, some of those figures. Uh, he'll be selling an AEW figure. Uh, someone else will have it in the box or even retail, like $20, $25. He's asking um, sticker price for a loose figure. With might have a missing hand or something like that. It, it, it might not be complete, and he wants retail in the box prices. It's insane. And you're going to find those guys at, at these type of shows, or every, every, you know, everywhere you go. But really try to find those people. That are not only are they you know do good business, but they're good people. You can you can you know sit there talk with them. They'll they'll talk toys with you and talk about collecting and all that kind of stuff. And it's 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 that kind of thing that kind of makes me want to keep going to this specific toy show. That there's plenty of others all the time going on somewhere. Uh, the the big one I I know that passed uh, earlier this year was Kane County. I mean we're talking about uh, buildings. It, it takes place like on a farm, um, and it's like buildings buildings. Full of sellers and toys and stuff like that. It's insane. But this toy con, it, like I said, it feels it feels like going to your local like like uh, toy shop, just kind of hanging out, seeing the same people, talking, and just kind of getting to know people. It's a uh, it's a really good time. So we um, Frank grabbed a couple things for his chillings. Uh, our other member, he he um, didn't necessarily pick up anything. He he kind of was picking up stuff he already bought, but. Um, the time we spent going through loose figures and talking about things and 
talking about, man, I should have bought this, or I should have bought this, or I remember when I bought that because it was hard to find, and then I went to the toy, sh- uh, the toy uh, fair uh, last next week, and I, it was there for like 20 bucks cheaper, and it's just like, oh, the life of a collector. And then what we usually do after that, our, our little ritual is after a good hunt, we go out and we get either Denny's or, or IHOP, whichever is closest. We just sit down, we bullshit more, <coughs> and, and have a good time. And I'm, I would like to ideally do this with, with the boys um, once a month. If anything else, it gives us an excuse to get out of the house and hang out with each other. You know, you know and I, I keep um, bringing up the point every month or every, every episode that, you know, life sometimes just, you know, things change in, 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 a, in people's lives. You know, they get kids, they get married, they move for a job, they get a new job and they're working crazy hours, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, it's always good to have something to kind of just bring you guys together, even if it's once a month, a couple times a year, every six months, you know, what, whatever it is, it's just good to have that kind of excuse to see your friends and kind of hang out and not lose that connection because man, it's, it's something you kind of realize before it's too late that when you let all the other stuff get in the way, and I, I'm not specifically, I'm not specifically talking about family and stuff like that, and kids, because obviously that's your main priority, if if that's what you want, <coughs> uh, wife, boyfriend, uh, girlfriend, husband, what, whatever, <clears throat> whoever listening, whatever your you know the the plan is for you, you want kids, you adopt kids, you 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 foster cats, you foster dogs, whatever it is. I'm talking about the other stuff, you know, working too much or maybe feeling like, ah, I'm, I'm too tired. I don't want to go out today or, ah, you know what, um, you know, I don't have enough money to do, do whatever. Just don't let those excuses drive a wedge between friendships because it is important to keep those things there because um, <clears throat> even people with kids, you know, uh, eventually the kids will get older. The kids will move on with their lives. They'll move out, they'll, they'll do their own thing, and now you're left at home with your significant other, just thinking, wow, I probably should have kept in touch with, with so-and-so more often, I should have done this, I should have done that. Just always try to make time for your friends, again, no matter what it is, even if it's like, you go out to get coffee for an hour, you do um, you know, a podcast, or anything like that, or you, or you play every month, let's go to this toy show. Let's do a little hunting, spend spend a little money, or spend nothing. Get out, walk around a little bit, get something to eat, and that's it. You know, it's don't be that guy that kind of regrets not making that effort. And trust me, there's times where I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. You know, I'll be the first one to say that too. Like, oh, you cancel plans? Oh, no. Oh, how horrible. But I'll drag myself out. And I'll go and do stuff. It was nothing necessarily I want to do, but it's just, hey, you know what? I'll make the effort. If you make the effort, all right, awesome. So just never, ever, ah, sorry, uh, multitasking here. Uh, I don't get too much time to play video games anymore, so I'm playing a little little PlayStation 4. Um, just, yeah, so just moral, moral of that completely unnecessary long rant was, Make time for the people that, that, that mean a lot to you in life. Uh, never forget that 
eventually you will need downtime. You will need to kind of separate from all your, uh, all your problems from work and home or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So just keep your friends close and keep your best friends even closer. Well, it's enough of that. Let's move on. <laughs> well, like I said, you just give me a chance to rant. And it might make sense eventually, but I don't think anyone wants to hear me ramble on for, for five hours before I get the, the point just perfect. So let's go ahead and move on to our first topic here. Uh, our first trailer I want to talk about is uh, Marvel Studios presents Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, well, here we are. I uh, believe this will be the final chapter, uh, per the mouth of James Gunn, I believe. Uh, this is going to be it for the Guardians. I don't know if they'll pop up again anywhere else, or if they might be used uh, in other uh, Avengers stuff. I'm not sure. The, the future of the MCU is, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's been set in, set in stone by now, but uh, you, you never know. Anything could change. So, as of right now, I believe this is the end. For, for for Guardians films at least, and the trailer, man, the trailer's pretty. He- it, it 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 it's taking a a heavier tone than normal. It does feel, I don't. It's not darker, but it feels emotionally heavy. <clears throat> Except for the opening, which is hysterical. Uh, Drax just cracks me up every time. Um, I don't. I don't want to ruin it. It, it, it. I literally just laughed. I like. I literally laughed out loud with it. it. It was a great scene with Drax. But after we get that opening kind of uh, slapstick moment, we really start to kind of really play into the like this is the end type of deal. Like this is the end, friends. And yeah, I, I'm excited. I I, I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, for one and two, I think, <clears throat> I think personally, I like part two better and it's, I think because we do get more of that Yandu stuff, um, a lot more Yandu in there. We kind of really kind of, ex- uh, deeply explore more the father son relationship that they have. With uh with, with Peter Quill, which is really cool, um, it's I I I think that that's the reason why I like it more. And again, it edges out number one just by a little bit. Uh, the the music, the 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 unexpected, just awesomeness that the first one had. I think uh, the uh, part two had a lot, a lot of live up to, and I think it did. This one, like I said, it's it it at least in the trailer looks different. Vastly different. It, you know, it's a lot of talk of like family. And this is the end, and just like uh, a lot of the the pictures and um, scenes that they're putting in here, it just feels very uh, f- definitive. Uh, Groot is now older, which is cool. Yeah, um, bigger, definitely lifting weights. Gamora, we see a couple of shots of her. Kind of contemplating what's going on with her, then that has to be something completely. That, that has to be something really mind fucked. That I, I just don't think. I, I hope they 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 touch on it because again, she's from a different t- from a different uh, different timeline 
and, and, and events haven't even occurred yet. She has a lot to catch up on, which is insane. Uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, there's not much to say about this. The reason why I want to talk about it first was because we know what to expect. We like the first two. We're, we're, we're very excited. I know a lot of people are. Um, it's been a while, but here we are. So I'm just going to enjoy the ride with this one. Ho hopefully it finishes off on a good note, and we'll go from there. So uh, moving on to something that I just, I'm just not, not excited at, at, I'm just, man, I don't know what to say about this, but uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. First of all, the name sounds stupid. Dial of Destiny. Uh, it sounds like it should go straight to, uh, straight to DVD instead of, um, you know, theaters. Def, so definitely looks like we're, we're we're back with Nazis again as the uh, main protagonist. Uh, who, wow, who knew Nazis in Indiana Jones film? That's original. Um, they're playing more into the fact that oh he's old, he looks like he's retired and he's just not gonna like oh I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I just just want to be an old man. And of course he gets roped into one more adventure. It's just. I mean, so the first half of the trailer wasn't terrible. It wasn't until we started getting more of the action shots that they show throughout the the trailer where this film is looks like it's heavily, heavily CGI in every aspect, from the background to the action to everything. Everything just seems so I guess the word's uncanny valley, I guess. I think because um, I, I never understood that term. I, I never bothered to, to look it up. But yeah, this, this Indiana Jones movie just looks like a sad, sad attempt at one last, of trying to keep this franchise somewhat real, or trying to suck out the last couple of dollars from this franchise. Because although Shia LaBeouf, um, I'll, I'll, give him, I'll, give him, I'll give him some respect, and I'll call him Shia LaBeouf, which is... I uh, believe uh, how you pronounce his last name. Should have taken over. Um, if you guys remember in the, in the, in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls uh, film, he was in Indy's son, and he was kind of being touted as like, oh, the you know this is the future. He's he's gonna take over the the the, the hat and whip from Indy, and you know we'll see further adventures of them together. But I think after the, <clears throat> I think it was a success enough in the box office wise but amongst the the fan base and everything it was looked down upon heavily for for good reason this one doesn't no favors um the the only thing i can say about the trailer that i enjoyed were like the last uh maybe 20 seconds uh that was a really funny moment that was really cool um basically indiana jones is um talking in front of a bunch of these people at the round table Takes out his whip. He starts cracking around, and he's like, "All right, everyone, get back!" And everyone just pulls out a gun, and he drops to the floor, and bam, 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 bam. I was like, "Yes, that's cool." I don't know. It's just kind of funny. The way I explain it is, you know, just sounds very blech. But I mean, when you actually watch it, it's actually pretty cool. But it's just a funny moment. But my my suspicion, I believe, it's almost the entire reason why a lot of the action stuff is CGI heavily is because Harrison Ford is just way too old to do the stuff he does, you know, 
They have to compensate somewhere. And they have to compensate with the CGI. And we'll see how it looks. I'm hoping the CGI looks clean for the most part. But some of these shots just are so bad. And can I say something? And I don't know just me or if I'm overthinking the moment. But the Indiana Jones films are period are essentially period pieces. They're you know they're taking place in the oh, what was it forties, fifties, maybe even sixties, way back in the day, uh, and it just they never felt like period pieces. They just felt like a like a just a, just a, just an adventure movie. Just this guy who was just really good at his job. I mean, as a teacher, he's terrible, but uh, as an explorer, as a treasure hunter, he's really good at what he does. It wasn't until the fourth one, King of the Crystal Calls, where it felt like it was a period piece. Everything just felt so... Actually, I think I think that one took place in the 50s because they were doing nuclear bomb testing. So I'll probably say 40s, 30s, 40s. It never felt like it was supposed to be a period piece. It just so happened to take place... Uh, in the 40s and 30s and you know 50s and all that kind of stuff, it, it never felt like it was um, <clears throat> trying to be a period piece. It was just trying to be a good movie. Because I think that's that's a that's a time in in not only in the U.S. but all around the world where like treasure hunting was really huge. And it like I said, it just never felt like that. But uh, this one. And uh, the the fourth film, they feel like a head, like like oh let's let's play into that the fact that you know this is a, a, a nostalgic piece basically, and I I don't know like it, it kind of takes away some of that that um for for me where it feels like oh now you're really trying hard just to be like oh look at us this um I, and that that's probably the wrong thing I'm trying to say it just. It feels like it's trying too hard to be something that it doesn't have to be. And I just I just wish it was a little bit more grounded, a lot more practical, stuff like that. Because again, the like, you know, say what you want about some of the, the other films, um, Temple of Doom and uh um and the um the third film with uh, Sean Connery. Those were funny. They had some good innovative moments. Uh, maybe not innovative, but a great practical moments. Some some fantastic stuff. Great uh, uh, great quotes. Uh, some of the characters were kind of annoying. Uh, short round and um, the female companion, and I'm, I don't remember her name, but of uh, a Temple of Doom. But they were fun. They knew what they were, and they leaned into it, and they didn't again try too hard. So we'll see what this one does. Maybe it will surprise me, and you know, I I'll be the first one to say, yeah, I'm a sucker for like a good tearjerker. You know, if you can pull some some even if it's fake nostalgia out of me, or whatever. I'll be, okay, I'll give you a couple extra points, and maybe this film will do it because at this point it has to be the last one, and they had the. I wouldn't mind them passing on the mantle to someone else. I would be. I would definitely think that would be a good idea. Um, Will it happen? Probably not. They'll just reboot it and start all over again. It it is what it is. So we'll go from there. Um. Next one, uh, Transformers, 
Rise of the Beasts, the trailer, the uh, teaser trailer dropped. <sighs> I hate teasers, but this looked pretty good. Mm, again, since it's the since it's the teaser, not much of the story was dropped. It was very much just, hey, here's visually what you can expect from the film. And we'll kind of hint at, oh, you know, evil has rise, risen, and we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, all the same old stuff you've heard in every other Transformer and action, big life-altering ending threat. We, we, we've all heard it before. That's not what I care about. Um, <clears throat> I not a I'm overall not a huge Transformers fan. I'm not into it like that. But uh, Beast Wars is one of my favorite Transformer properties, uh, shows, toy lines, whatever you uh, you want to call it. I remember I used to watch it Saturdays. Come on, I remember. Vividly, that when I was in the hospital as a kid, uh, I, I would get so as a kid I would get these really like numbing headaches that would just like I would be crying in tears. My I was I couldn't even function. It was so bad. I wonder it was I was just laying down. It was it was at night. It was like a maybe a Wednesday. I feel like, and I just remember like I got this headache and I just kept crying and crying. I couldn't even open my eyes. I couldn't see. It was so bad. So my uh, parents ended up driving me to the hospital, the ER room, uh, got got put up there, and I think I was there for maybe a week, maybe a couple weeks. Uh, I feel like I feel like it was a week, but maybe two. I yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't remember all the specifics, but you know they had a, they couldn't find what's wrong with me, so they had to and they had to inject a needle into my into my into my spine to take out some of the fluid to kind of run some tests and. I remember while I was in in bed uh, between testing and all that other stuff, Beast Wars was on a lot. I don't know why. <clears throat> it, it it was like a marathon of all the uh, of like uh, of all those season or seasons, and they just kept playing it over and over again. And I watched it a lot, and I'm like, oh, this is so this is so cool. They're animals, but they're robots, and they're fighting. It's this is like this is what I want. This is my this is amazing. A dinosaur, an ape, a cheetah. Uh, a rhino, a rat. It, it was so cool. So I, I always really remember having that as like the thing that kind of got me through the hospital time while, while I was in there. <clears throat> and just like, oh, okay, this was like my comfort. It, it made me feel, uh, it made me feel good. And so um, Beast Wars has a really special place in my heart because of that. And I'm very, I, it was seeing... Seeing the ape in this uh, trailer and actually him transforming, I'm like, oh, that's 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 so cool, so awesome to see it live, in like in live action. It was it, when that toy comes out, I'm gonna try to pick it up. Um, I again try because the last thing I need is to get into a whole another line of of toys and to spend an ungodly amount of money on them, but. <clears throat> yeah, so to kind of talk about that again. Talk about trailer. It's everything you've seen from a Transformers film. You know, set pieces, uh, transforming Transformers, cars looking nice and pretty like. Some good shots, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we see one of the cars, you know, has a new trick. It can, uh, it has a hologram. It can make uh, like hologram projections of itself. 
we we see it kind of you know in a car chase we see a, a a robot hawk shooting fucking flames out of his mouth. Uh, we got some cool some some cool visual stuff. Um, things that look really good, and <clears throat> this is something I'm very excited for. Um, I've seen every Transformer movies at this point, so why not? Right, keep going. This is uh yeah, so this is just a pure teaser action trailer. We see them, you know, kind of doing all, all their thing. And oh man, that was such a cool fucking <laughs> just watching the the trailer as I'm talking about it. And <clears throat> just to see the the animals transform into their robot forms and start fighting just so <laughs> it's so cool. Uh puts a smile on my face. It really does. Uh, it's so cool. I can't wait for this. I really can't wait for this. Um I was hoping that Beast Wars would just get its own thing, but it, it is tied in with the Transformers of the, the Michael Bay universe, which is fine. And again, don't don't ask me about names, but there's this cool female Transformer. She looks like... Uh, she look, definitely looks like she's from an anime almost, you know? She's um, pink and white. She's uh, she, she, probably a bike or something like that and she just she looks like uh, on her feet she has skates uh big old tires for skates and it just looks it looks cool that like that's definitely a figure i would pick up that one uh a couple of the main heroes stuff like that so yeah this this teaser trailer looks good uh very excited it got me hyped i, I mean again all, all you gotta do is just put I, it's called rise of the beast but i, I call it transformer beast wars what it should be uh 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 as soon as I heard that was being made, I was I was in all the way. That's that's something that I'm always gonna love. So let's go ahead and move on um, to the next trailer. Pull this up here. Uh, the Last of Us uh, for HBO Max. So I so I did play the first one. Took me a long time to actually play it. Uh, it. I think almost three, four years after it came out, I finally played it. Fantastic story, uh, like just top top tier stuff. It's it's great. This looks good too. It does. It definitely has. It definitely looks like the the video game. Um, if you know how heartbreaking the opening is, and it just kind of keeps going from there, and seeing some characters like the. Your brothers show up and knowing how that turns out, it's like, oh no, oh boy, you're gonna be playing my heartstrings. And they even it looks like they got the DLC stuff with uh, Ellie as well going on. So that's even cool. Yeah, I mean, so far it looks like again. So on the offset, it looks like they understand the property that they're trying to do. The clickers uh, that that we do hear in the trailer, they look terrifying. The infected look terrifying they look straight out of the game it's it, they're modeled beautifully um yeah i mean I, I it's hard to get into it without getting into spoilers and like specific things of why i'm very excited to see certain things happen out live but everything looks good uh no complaints i don't know how many episodes i'm assuming they'll be at least an hour long uh, if I don't know if it's gonna be eight episodes, twenty episodes, five episodes, uh, but this is an opportunity to show that not only can games be um, formatted 
to the big screen, but also that it it really should video games should be on television or at least a television series if you're gonna uh, do an adaptation. Now, obviously, unless you're Disney, you can afford to put a pump in a lot of money to certain shows. Obviously, you're dealing with a smaller budget. Regardless, if it's on streaming or on television, the, the budget's always going to be lower. The time constraint's going to be a lot more than what people are probably normally used to. So, maybe you got to be creative. You can't just put all your money in CGI and hopefully that makes you a good movie. This, um, I won't say a lot right on this. <coughs> um, but a lot's right on it. <laughs> Because if, if they can sh- they can prove that, hey, so this was a video game, the story is, I won't say beat for beat, but man, this is the type of impact that a video game has. Maybe we should look at other properties and give them a proper, a proper go at it instead of just, hey, get uh, um, ooing ball to, to make it and make it schlocky, make it cheap and make it ugly. You can actually go, hey, this is like actually really good. Let's go ahead and do that. And... Let's put the right people in charge. And then we can... Oh, my goodness. Ah. Yeah. First time. First time. First time. Got it. Oh, shit. First time. First time. Go, go, go. Um, yeah. To, to give it time and effort. Now, again, not not much to say about it. Um, we're, we're, uh, this is definitely going to be something that you're going to have to watch the actors in certain scenes uh, react to certain things. And uh, it's it's good. I will be watching it. If if the boys can uh, get together again, we'll we'll try to talk about it week to week. Because I'm assuming HBO will release it uh, uh, episode uh, weekly instead of all at once. We can probably talk about that on the show if we, if if we can get uh, get uh, get back up to full strength. If not, you know, I'll do my best to try to break it down for you guys. So yeah, uh, another banger trailer, looking good. So far, um, everything that they've released uh, within this week or so has been all has been for the most part pretty damn good. <coughs> uh, leading on from that, uh, we got the official trailer to Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, the tra- the treat the teaser came out not too long ago. Uh, I want to say feels like a couple months ago. Uh, really cool scene with Bowser, uh, the the Penguin King. Being uh, being hilarious and cool, kind of just getting visually of what the what everything looks like. Um, now we have the official trailer. We we've heard Chris Pat talk a little bit as Mario. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I I'm I, I I'm assuming people want the stereotypical. It's a me, Mario. Oh boy, It's like eh. I mean, that's funny and all, but I don't know. Just make make it good, make it good, make 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 it a funny role, and that's fine. <laughs> So I think Chris Pratt will do pretty well overall. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I mean, it looks like basically the uh, Super Mario uh, live action film. It just they're they're doing it in animation because there's there's scenes in the trailer where like Mario is literally just fixing plumbing in someone's apartment in what looks like New York or something. And he probably gets transported to this world. That he knows nothing about. And he's like, oh, this is all new to me. And he has to learn how to be a hero. And that's probably what it is. Because in here, uh, Princess Peach is a badass. She does a lot of 
uh, seemingly cool badass things. Again, that you know, it's it, there's a great shot of her and Toad uh, walking towards uh, Bowser's uh, floating castle in the sky. She has an axe. She's in a I don't know driving uniform or her her fighting uniform. Toad has his little backpack and his little frying pan as a weapon. There, this is a beautiful shot. Be- uh, this is done by Illumination, who they might not they might not have the 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 prowess and the prestige of Pixar and and, and Disney, but boy, they can make a beautiful looking uh, movie. So this is a beautiful shot. It's at one oh five. Pause it. Boom. Make that a screensaver. Uh, it it looks fucking beautiful. Print it out. Put it on your wall. It looks fucking gorgeous. Uh, Princess Peach looking like a badass. Uh, obviously, uh, 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 you know, a princess of, of of her kingdom. She she'd probably know how how the world works. And Mario just kind of just stumbling through it, trying to learn. And that's that's not a bad storyline if you can do it properly. Obviously, you can overdo it and make them too stupid or just not funny, which I think the uh, illumination is going to make it work. Um. <clears throat> Toad, funny. Uh, Luigi's in there. We don't get too much of him. Yeah, he, he kind of in trailer. He gets captured by Bowser, and Bowser's trying to. Bowser is trying to uh, interrogate him to find Mario. And like I said, the whole time is basically like Mario going through training and learning how to be a hero uh, to stop Bowser. And that's it. Uh, we get a um, we get a, a cool. Uh, at the end of the trailer, we see a really cool uh, rainbow road that they're uh, all racing on. That are that they're all in their vehicle? Donkey Kong, Toad, uh, Princess Peach, Mario's in a little go kart, and he does a little wahoo. So, yeah, this is. Um, I feel like this is gonna be a good uh, family movie. Uh, obviously, the core intent audience is for children, but. When a good studio actually goes, hey, we can make this for kids and adults. That's even better because when you because when the kids get older, they can appreciate the humor that your parents got. And it, it, and I, I think I, I obviously it's way too early to to say if this is gonna be a um a um an an, uh, an ageless film um, if it's gonna withstand the test of time, but a good children's movie understands that you have to give something entertaining for the kids now but when they get older they can appreciate it for all the subtext and all the undertones and all the other funner uh funny adult jokes in there that now make a lot more sense and you still laugh at the stuff that made you laugh as a kid but now you get even more of it and that's where i think there's a fine line is built where (coughs) people kind of again lose the idea that hey Animation is art. It's real film. Appreciate it. They, it takes them a long time to kind of come around on stuff. Like, oh, now I understand. But by then, the next generation's here. And they're like, ah, whatever. I don't care. So <clears throat> something like this, again, if done right, can uh, could be a great kids movie and a great adult, uh, adult with kids film as well. Because, again, build off. Because, again, obviously... Right away, it's Mario. You're building off nostalgia. Kind of just like Ninja Turtles, Mario has never really been away. He's always been a video game. There's always been some kind of show. There's always been some kind of something. 
Um, a video game, I think every uh, Nintendo system has had a Mario game for it, brand new, not re-released or not, you know, touched up, like every brand new uh, Mario Party games, the Mario Kart games. You know, these are some of the most iconic uh, games from our childhood that we've ever had, you know, along with GoldenEye on that. So, obviously, you have nostalgia there, but if you can actually complete the nostalgia with a solid story, and it's great. Uh, I, you, if, if you listen to the show for a while, you know that I am big on story because I think story are, is important. Fun is great. I lo- again, that's from, from, from the track records of, of films that I've talked about here, who, which I adore with all my heart. They're not technically great films or even like, you know, fantastic films, but they're fun, and I get that. But you give me something that is really, really good with some thought behind it, with a purpose, some some kind of story you're telling, uh, whether it be a love story, uh, a a story of of acceptance, remembrance, um, grieving, deal how to deal with pain, um, you know, parent issues, father issues, mother issues, um, whatever it is, whatever kind of story, how, no matter how basic it is, or how many times we've seen it, if you do it right, it's it's gonna it's gonna hit it out the park. And I'm probably too, putting too much stock and too much thought process into a Mario film, but I just want, I just hope that, again, like we've been saying, Frank and I, for a long time uh, on here as well, that animation is real art. They're real movies. Th- these aren't just kid films. This isn't, you know, something that... <sighs> I haven't really paid attention to Bluey. So I don't know. Bluey is just like you know, like uh, oh, just a time waster. It's actually, you know, a pr- productive show. But you know, something like uh, the Wiggles, I guess. I don't know much about the the new stuff kids are watching. So, but you know, like also I guess for example, like Barney, Sesame Street, Mister Rogers. The reason why these shows have withstand the test of time and we pass them on to our children is because they not only were meant for younger audiences, they were meant for the parents who will sit there and watch TV with them. Something that we can both enjoy together. So, like I said earlier, when you get older, you appreciate those jokes. You appreciate the, the, the dialogue. You appreciate certain characters more because now it makes a lot more sense. So, again, probably putting, again, way too much stock into this, way too much thought process, overthinking everything, which I normally do. And, again, if you are... Uh, uh, a a long time listener on this podcast, you know I overthink a lot. Um, I'm going to say optimistic and say that this is going to be a really really good classic film that we we're going to look back and go like, oh man, that's that's how you do like a nostalgic adaptation of something, you know. So, yeah, that's the Super Mario Brothers movie, or maybe Super Mario Brothers, whatever. Oh, Jesus. Um. Oh no no no! Yeah, yeah. So last trailer I want to talk about here is going to be a trailer that has been kind of going viral, I guess, amongst the the, the film community and probably some some of the general audience people as well. Um, Universal Pictures, Cocaine Bear. Yes, you heard that correctly, Cocaine Bear. Let me tell you a little bit more about. Cocaine Bear. So Cocaine Bear stars a bear that gets high off of cocaine. 
Yes. A bear that eats cocaine. And looks like he just kind of attacks people, does things. And uh, it's cocaine bear. I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what to tell you. It the, the the title says it all cocaine bear. And you watch this trailer and it's played up for laughs. Some great jokes. It looks funny. The CGI bear actually doesn't look that bad. It looks pretty good for the most part. <laughs> And um, just looking at the trailer again, like I said, <laughs> it looks like this. Not it looks like there's gonna be much blood. Um, there'll be some body parts, some stuff like that, but it definitely looks like it's fucking. Oh my god, it's just hysterical! Holy shit, it's a bear. He's chasing an ambulance. He jumps right in it. Oh my god! So <laughs> this this movie is either gonna be a fucking banger of a movie that just to just know it knows what it is and it's self-aware and it's having a great time or it's going to try to be something that it's not uh either super serious or try to be like super clever when you know all it needed to be was fun it's it's hard to say again it it, it balances again you can balance it between the, the those two mediums of you know, schlock and well done. It's, it is, like I said, it is, it is interesting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I say interesting because uh, I don't know if this is Ray Liotta's last film or they put it out because of Ray Liotta, uh, who, who has passed away. Um, he's in it. It looks like he's a drug dealer or someone that is in charge of getting the cocaine back and Oh, the bear keeps eating it. We should probably try to catch that bear. Stop eating our cocaine. Um, Ice Cube's son is in it. I I, I don't know his name offhand. Um, he was from uh, Den of Thieves. And uh, obviously he played his father in um, NWA. Uh, biopic film. Um, and I, there's someone else in there. I can't remember her name. I for life of me, I, I can't even begin to guess what her name is. Um, anyways, Cocaine Bear. Um, yeah, man. I have to look at the runtime of this. I'm hoping that it's not that long, that it comes in like at like an hour 25, an hour 30, because if it overstays, it's welcome. This, this uh, so far, what is a no novelty uh, thing of just a bear who eats cocaine can get tiresome really quickly uh i'm so my prediction is that um so in uh, in the trailer uh some guys throwing thousands on thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars of cocaine out of out of this moving airplane and it's landing in suburbs in people's cars and people's backyards and obviously also uh falling in the woods and we see it in the trailer we see the bear actually eat a kilo of cocaine straight out and gets high as gets high as hell and i'm assuming that throughout the throughout the movie what's gonna happen is he's gonna keep finding these these kilos and eating them and he, it's gonna be a running joke like oh he's a, you know he's um he's a, he, he's addicted he needs his fix and then he'll go into the next little rampage of death and destruction so this is something i 
would probably have at least a beer in me, maybe a couple, before I go see it. I don't, I don't know if you can enjoy this movie completely sober. I mean, you probably could. You can enjoy anything sober, but it might it might help to be you have a couple of drinks or two before you see this movie, or maybe if you're at the comfort of your own home, um, whenever you know if you're gonna wait for it to come on streaming, uh, maybe uh, light up a toke and enjoy Cocaine Bear. So we'll see. Um, it's, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if people actually go out and see this movie or if this is just like a novelty thing that they. Talk about they they make fun of it. Oh, it's cocaine bear, and then they actually don't go see it. Uh, it'd be amazing if this movie makes like a hundred million dollars. <laughs> it'd be hilarious. So, yeah, cocaine bear. It sounds exactly what you think it is. That's what I'm thinking. So, what do you think? What do you think? What's what? What do you think is gonna happen in this film? Do you think it's gonna be? Schlocky good fun. You think it's gonna be like actually a surprise film that just like comes out nowhere? Like, oh, this is like like legitimately a good like action uh, monster bear tech movie. You know, we'll see. Um, I'm leaning towards the schlock, the schlock and fun of it. So we'll see. I don't know. Cocaine Bear it has it has either a lot to live up to or you knew what it was. So we'll go from there. I'm probably going to go out and see this movie, and I'll report to you guys uh, on my, my thoughts. But I think it comes out in February, maybe in March. I didn't look at the trailer at the end, but I feel like February, March, and uh, we'll have to wait until then. That is Cocaine Bear, starring a bear on cocaine. Let's go ahead and finish off this episode with my f- review and and thoughts on the movie, 2022 movie, um, The Menu. It is labeled as a American black comedy horror film. That's apt. Yeah. So, this movie's Nova. I love it. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I was afraid that it was going to have a lot of downtime. <clears throat> or a lot of, um, yeah, like, you know, just a lot of like, oh, it's kind of boring or oh let's you know can we get on to to the next set piece here no I, I found myself engaged with all the characters with the dialogue with everything that was happening on screen um and no point was i bored or was i looking at my uh, at my um at my watch going like oh is this thing gonna end yet or like oh that's cool but you know it's you know we got like 45 minutes left do we really need that much no, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, it was well paced. It was well spread out. I w- again, like I said, I was concerned with that issue, but I could tell you right now that was not an issue. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is fantastic in this. Ray Ray Fines, fantastic. Their their banter and back and forth and the, the dialogue, everything that they're on point. Both of them are. Are completely on point in this movie. Uh, just just seeing them kind of interact is amazing. So, before I get any further, the quick uh, synopsis of the film is this couple uh, gets reservations to this very exclusive dinner that is held by this very famous, famous, renowned um, chef that 
has his uh, restaurant on a little island right off the coast. It's very exclusive, maybe at best 14 people at a time, 14, 16 people. Um, there is no tickets for, 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 any, uh, for any single single guest. You have to have a guest with you in, in order to, to, to be able to get reservations. And throughout the, throughout the night, a, a theme of his, of his um, meals are being presented to the audience. Not only the audience, but the, the, um, the, the patrons at the restaurant as his final masterpiece gets revealed. That's when the horror aspect comes into it. Uh, excuse me if you heard me blow my nose uh, on the mic. Sorry about that. I thought I, I, was, I might have been far enough from it. Um, my apologies. So that's kind of the what the menu is. Let me see if my synopsis is close enough to IMDb. A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Wow, yep, no, that's basically what I said. Uh, just a lot a lot more uh, concise and to the point. Boy, do I feel stupid. So yeah, there you go. That's uh, the synopsis of the film. Um, so let's kind of get into the meats and bones of this review and kind of talk about, not necessarily, not necessarily go like beat by beat or, you know, kind of, I just kind of want to talk about the, the premise of the film in general. Um, like I said, without trying to spoil it too much. Um, the menu is a, I've heard people use satire. Um, now I didn't go to film school. I, I, I can't speak on the terminology used for films when it comes to the theories and breakdowns and, uh, understanding, uh, what, you know, what is, uh, a film like, or like, I guess what's the difference between like, let's say the naked gun and Schindler's list. Well, ultimately you can find, you can figure that out on your own, but like, is it a satire? Is it a. Is it a commentary film? Is it a parody? Is it a gag movie? Like what? Like like breaking it down and being a little more precise in what you're trying to do uh, the purpose with the film. Because obviously, uh, like a satire to me, I believe is something that you you mock of like a trope or you mock a certain genre of films and you kind of maybe deconstruct the the, the film. And the menu, I feel like, is part satire and part commentary on the food, on the foodie culture, I guess you would say. And not only that, but like the, you know, the high-end uh, chef restaurants and all that kind of stuff. Because what I, what I adore about this film, right out, just up front here. Is that its ability to show and tell. Uh, as again, if you know me, you listen to, to the podcast, you know I'm definitely a, a big proponent of show, don't tell. And there's a lot of films that put so much um, so much um, emphasis on just outright explaining what's happening instead of letting it play out. Um, 
it really does affect the film in a negative way. This film doesn't do that. And it does it, but in a proper way, where it's a part of the storytelling. It's a part of the process from getting to the, to the end of the film. And I think it's genius in the way it does it. Because again, um, without, getting too, without getting too specific on, on some of the scenes and breaking things down, the chef, before he, before he brings out a meal to the patrons, he tells a little story. Either a personal story and why the, the, the dish is named what it's named or, or the history of food. Of like, oh, you know, um, this was for, you know, peasants. This is for the higher class people, so on and so forth. And, you know, kind of talking about the history of, of that Pacific meal or Pacific food that is attached to that meal. And we see it played out with the patrons that they're not listening. That they continue to carry on and they continue to do the exact same thing that they've been doing uh, even before they got to the island. And it's one of those things where, again, it, it explains it to you, but it explains it to you for a purpose. is is to show the the utter vanity, egoism. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it is today. Egoism and just self righteous and self importance that people of a, of a certain tax bracket tends to have or uh, 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 the mindset that someone has. Uh, Nicholas Holt is very unlikable because he does his job very well. Um, he's a, he is a hell of an actor and he, he does, does very well to be like, man, I hate this guy so much. He is a, he's the type of guy that like knows. Ev- so he, he, I guess kind of bring it, bring it to sports. Like, you know, the, the one guy that's like, Oh Yeah. You know, when I played high school, this was this is how you this is how you quarterback. But I hurt my knee, and or you know, I I I was under six feet and I couldn't play pros. He knows everything about the game. He can tell you what what play they're running, what play they should run, every person's stats, every person's weakness. But you ask him to throw a football and he can't do it because he's just he's. The old, the old saying of if you can't do, teach. You know, if if you if you can't if you can't do something, just learn everything about it and act like you know. You know, you can know everything, but if you can't get in there and get your hands dirty and able to do the the thing that you're trying to teach people on, then are you really worth anything? Again, that's not personally me saying that, but it, I, that's the idea of the film. It's it it's attacking the the different um, aspects when it comes to to the food culture. So again, you have a guy that knows everything, who can like he's an armchair quarterback. He never shuts up. He just like, oh yeah, I I know this, and did you know this? Oh, that I can taste this. Oh, I can taste that aroma of of the rose petal that was plicked from a from you know from this Pacific field uh in, in Japan, whatever. You know, it's it he, he's that type of guy. We have a food critic who is so up her own ass of, of her self importance that she can easily, you know, ruin someone's reputation or someone's restaurant in, in a heartbeat. We have the the actor who just 
is more about the clout and the appearance of being important than actually um, being in the moment. You know, it's all, it's all about trying to stay relevant as, as much as possible. Uh, we have the 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 rich couple that they just have so much money that they don't know what to do with it. They just they just spend money because they yeah, they're bored and they have no other way to spend it. It's it's it, it it's a group of who's who of wow I hate all of you. <laughs> and then we have Anya Taylor Joy, uh, which the twist with her character I'll just leave it as it is because it 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 does it is actually a plot point in the movie. Um, there's no really good character besides Anya Taylor Joy. Um, the, what the also film the film does really well is like giving it, the story gives these characters opportunities to fix their flaws to kind of head them uh, take them head on and be like okay we could have gotten out of the situation plenty of times but they never really acted upon it. It's it's a it is a good movie. You do have to pay attention to what's being said, to what's being done. Even though, again, like I said, things are explained to you, it, but it's done in a way that is meant to like educate the characters. To be like, well, if you would have just done this, you would have just done that. You probably had, you probably would have guys, guy probably could have get out of here. You know, you could have done this, you could have done that. But the the self importance, the 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 actual characters morals and their and their um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh the character of who they are gets revealed and they're not really good people. And that's kind of the point. That no one ostensibly is actually really good in this movie except for Untell and Joy. And they all come to terms with uh with their um their faith eventually because again it's it ah man it's it's hard to break it down without getting into spoilers and i don't want to do that because i think you do have to experience this film as it's unfolding i don't want to give away any like major details or any kind of like major scene because everything that happens and plays out it's there's a purpose to everything that happens in this movie from the way that the characters act to the way that they respond to things to the way that they kind of rationalize certain things it it all it all is very important and it it is really cool to see how he lay uh the the chef uh um Finds character the way that he actually lays out this menu that tells the story everything that he does is fantastic and also I um the the great thing about this movie is that it, that if you were to let's say put this in a movie theater with film critics a director uh all, you know washed up actors and all that kind of stuff the 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 same core principles that this film is trying to get across is there it's mm, let me let me tread lightly here let me try it tread lightly because again like i said i'm trying to avoid spoilers 
this movie also kind of talks about art. Talks about the art. Talks about the artist. Talks about the meaning of art and the meaning of our, of artists and the, the type of lifestyle that we believe that comes with this world that we're in. It's quite depressing. It's very sad. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I guess I can say like, it, it, it's that old saying of like, oh, you're a sellout and I'm a real artist. Um, that's not a saying, but um, analogy of like, oh, you, you sold out to the man. You, all you care is about the, 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 the dollar bills and the fame. I'm a real artist. I struggle, but I get, I make, I make things that impact people. And that is a, a main theme throughout this here. Is just the idea of what art is and how corruptible it is. Something that's very pure and that's something that's very innocent and something that's very creative. All of that gets stifled as more people get their hands on it. The more that now you have to deal about investors. Now you have to worry about board members. Now you have to worry about ticket prices. You have to worry about this. You have to worry about that. And with prestige, doesn't necessarily come comes more freedom. It comes with more shackles, and it comes with more um, basically prison. And trying to navigate through this world that is just kind of taking everything that you love and just uh, just sucks the 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 life out of you. It's cool to see. It is because we always have these debates of you know oh you. You know, he sold out or oh, he's just doing it for the money. Maybe, yeah. You know, like you look at the Fast and Furious films, like, oh, all you do is make Fast and Furious films that make a shit ton of money. Was well, that all you care about is money? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe they think that they're making real good art. I don't know. It, it, it's a debate that we can have forever and ever. And ultimately, it does come down to the, the eye of the beholder. What do you see? What are you experiencing? What are your personal thoughts on it and stuff like that? So this movie is a really good in that way. When you, after the film ends and you kind of start looking back on certain scenes, certain dialogues uh, that, that took place and you start to break it down like, oh yeah, you can like, this can go for the music industry, not just the food industry, you know, um, uh, film, uh, toy collecting, uh, music, uh, the, the the theatrical arts, um, you know, theater, it's it can be applied to any type of form of media and art uh, of any kind, and it, it has the same effect. Obviously, different setting, different things, but the the core general concept of what the film is is still there. So, um, I I I think I think initially when I came out of theaters, I gave it an eight point uh, an eight out of ten. I I can't quite give it a nine. I just feel like just a couple things are missing. I can't put, I can't necessarily put my fingers on what I would add to it, but I can give it a eight point five out of ten. Uh, the the half point I think does mean a lot. It is not only is it entertaining, it is funny. It's not like inappropriate funny or um like mistime comedy where like you know in like marvel films they're very childish and cliche and kind of ruin moments 
and kind of ruined the opportunity to kind of have an emotional moment in the film, like like in uh, uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, you know, it's like proper, it's like having the character respond a certain way. They're like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. And, and you laugh out, and you laugh because it's like, yeah, I, that's very plausible. It's very real. And just a kind of like watching someone accept what's happening, it, it's funny. It's a it's a dark comedy. It, it it's it's dark humor, uh, and and that's not your jam. I get it. I understand. No no worries. You know, there's always something else for for someone else. But um, if you do like a black comedy, you do like a good thriller. You like horror. It, it it it's horror, not in like blood and guts and gore, but more of like like dread and suspense. So it's they're definitely like a like a horror thriller. So that's that's really good. Um, and if you need any more uh, um, um, push, I guess uh, I, I IMDb has seven point six out of ten. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is at ninety percent, and Metacritic is at seventy one out of a hundred. Uh, I would, like I said, I would put it in the 80, 85-ish category. Um, critics seem to have it about mid-70s to, 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 low, to low 70s. Audience scores has it at 90 on average. Again, take those with grain of salt, but uh, I think that, that that is kind of spot on to where, where it would be. Um, it's still in theaters. I it might This might be the last week. Uh, the last weekend is going to be there because when I went... Uh, Friday, I think there's only like three showings left in each theater, so I'm assuming unless there's nothing coming out next week, uh, the menu might be out by Thursday night. So if you have time during the week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, you got a couple out, you got a couple hours to kill. Go ahead and watch um, the the menu if you can, and and support your 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 local movie theater. Buy some popcorn, buy some pop, buy some candy, buy some food, whatever it is. Uh, you know, keep keep them going. Uh, I don't, I don't know what a world without theaters is going to look like, and, and how much impact that's going to have on, on the media. It it is important that you have those type of films that you can go out to the theaters. Obviously, like Top Gun, but movies like this is also really good to watch with certain crowds and seeing it on the big screen just helps. Again, it's not that it's a spectacular Marvel, but the the set designs are beautiful, gorgeous. The camera angles are very nice. Um, the the lighting is well done. It it doesn't look ugly or like too dark or too nothing at, at any point. It everything fits very well with the tone and theme. So, yeah, like I said, the menu I'd give an eight point five out of ten, a must watch for this year. Now the question for me now is, does it make it my top ten of the year? Unless something comes out and blows my mind, I have there's a couple of films I have to still catch up on, but I have my number one movie uh, of the year already set. And not and like I said, unless something comes out that blows up my 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 mind to a thousand pieces, I have my number one set. But the question is, where does this movie rank if it even does? Um, it could be. I can see maybe it ending up somewhere in the mid to lower part of, of my top 10. Um, but I got to think it over because as I think about it, it stays with me a little bit longer. 
I really enjoyed it. It was it it it. it I didn't know what to expect. I've heard a couple of reviews. They were very vague. They were very you know like oh you know just hey Anya Taylor Joy is great. Uh, uh, Finds is great. This is great. Nick Hull is great. Uh, go watch it. It's really great. I'm like okay, so that the, there was just enough intrigue for me to go see. Because again, uh, besides the cast, I I wanted to see it, but. I heard some good stuff about it. I heard really good things. So I said, okay, let me go ahead and spend my money on a film that I believe will deserve it. And it deserved my money and it got it. And I'm telling you to go spend your money on it. Um, This is the type of movie that definitely should be seen in theaters. Uh, Not for the spectacle, but just for the pure filmmaking magic that, that occurs. Let me see here uh while i while i am rambling on about that let's just see what the menu um budget and search let's go to the wikipedia i don't even want to do wikipedia i hate you uh, da, 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 da. It's not telling me. Fantastic. Thank you very much. For, oh, here you go. Um, so reportedly looks like the box office was about $30 million. Um, I'm sorry. The, the budget was $30 million. It looks like the budget was... Um, geez, the budget was $30 million. The box office was about $47.2 million. Um, let's just say for conversation's sake the film put about 10 10 anywhere from 5 to 10 million in um in marketing uh 47 looks like they probably had a little bit of profit and it wasn't a total loss so yeah um don't 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 make me go on another uh, uh another ramble about about supporting uh in, in small indie films these uh you know films that are kind of hard to find in theaters um you, you have to go out of your way to find some of them that's because well yep you've made it hard <laughs> just go, go go support stuff like this um even something like uh silent night deadly night oh, not silent night deadly night uh violent night uh that just came out this week you know that's a fun movie it looks like a fun movie uh again it's not gonna be winning oscars but that's not what it's there for and support this type of film. Support these movies. Support indie film directors. Support these these studios that are trying to stay afloat. Um, maybe it's gonna be hard, but maybe not see a Marvel movie opening weekend for an independent film uh, or something that's maybe kind of caught your eye. Kind of like uh, the film that came out that seemed like it bombed terribly. Um, Amsterdam with uh, Margot Robbie. Um, uh oh boy, Christian Bale, and uh, I believe I could be wrong. Uh, Denzel Washington's uh, son. I didn't get to see it in theaters, unfortunately. Um, only like one theater had it, and it was like downtown, and they had the weirdest hours for it. Uh, it was like right after work, and it takes me like an hour to get home, so it takes me two hours to get downtown from from work. I, I just couldn't be able to see it, unfortunately. And that's because no one would go see this film in general. And it should be more widely available, but it's not. 
that was a weird ramble. I'm going to stop catching myself before I go on. I don't think you want to hear that. So that's the end of the episode, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Three Nerds on a Sunday. Um, like I said, I am still trying to get a uh, get a hold of all of this. Um, talking to myself in front of a mic, in front of a laptop is very awkward. I don't know when to shut up, no one to play off of. But I want your feedback. Tell me what could I do to improve a solo episode. Um, do you want me to talk about news? Do you want me to go on a tangent? Do you want me to go on a tirade about something? Because eventually I'm going to see something that pisses me off and I can ramble about it for for an hour. Um, or I'll, I'll, I'll find something that I'm gushing about and just tell you how great this movie is or how great this project is. Whatever it is. Let me know. Because like, like I said, I we will get the, the band back together. It's just a matter of time. It's not a question of if but when. But... It is hard at the moment. So let me know. How can I improve on this? What can I do to make it better? I'm going to, I know I keep saying it, but I'm going to try to be active on Instagram again for, for the Three Nerds page. You can reach out to me there with your uh, suggestions. I want to hear from everyone. Good, bad, or indifferent feedback is always much needed and much appreciated. So until next week, guys, you have a good one. I'll see you later. Goodbye. I'm <laughs> sorry.